This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Business Radio. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on SiriusXM channel 132. This is your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. And we are very excited to be bringing you all new content during the month of June. So mark your calendars for noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, every Thursday, and tune into Channel 132 for the latest career tips, job search advice, and market updates. And of course, a big shout out to Dion Simpkins, our engineer, and Dana Cash, our producer, for making this new content possible as we creatively navigate our temporary environment while we're out of the studio. So let's dive right in. This week, I am very fortunate to be speaking with the founder and CEO of Working Nation, Art Bilger. Art is a venture capitalist who started Working Nation in 2016 to bring attention to structural unemployment issues, the future of work, skills gaps, and most importantly, achievable solutions. Art earned an economics degree from the University of Pennsylvania, where he has also sat on the board of overseers for 16 years and an MBA from the University of Chicago, and we are so excited to have him here. Welcome, Art. Uh, good to be here with you. Uh, this is uh, <clears throat> this is very exciting. I like, as you'll see, I like talking about how how we save this nation. Well, good. Then let's start right with what is Working Nation, very briefly, and tell us why you started it. Well, Working Nation is a basically a not-for-profit media enterprise that I created to basically educate the people of our nation uh, as to what I believe was was and, and is the most critical issue we face. Uh, I do have to now elevate the virus into the number one spot for the moment. But I'm, you know, I'm comfortable that we'll solve the virus problem with the vaccine within some period of time. But the structural unemployment issue, which I've been focused on dating back to 2016, is what I think is the most critical issue we face. And uh, it, we will, it literally is something that will touch all throughout this, uh, this country. What got me started on it was a, uh, I actually attended a dinner uh, that Deutsche Bank was holding in, uh, I think it was October of uh, 13. And it was the night before the US government might default on its debt. And the guest speaker was Larry Summers, former Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, Dr. Summers talked about default on the debt. He talked about China quite a bit. But then he said something, I don't even remember what it was, but all of a sudden, all this stuff in the back of my head started coming together. And when he opened it to questions, I raised my hand, they gave me a mic, and I laid out basically the issue as I saw it, that there are four things coming together like never before in history in this country. Uh, and that was globalization, technology, longevity, you know, units of labor staying in the workforce longer, and mm -hmm. work and education. And those all coming together like never before 
in my mind, that's why the title of our first piece was called Slope Curve. The slope of the curve of the change in jobs and skills when measured against time has never been so steep. And that I laid that all out to Dr. Summers, and we had actually an interesting dialogue. But the reason I'm sitting here right now is when he and I finished, seven members of the audience, and these were all major uh, fund managers and top corporate executives in New York, seven of them chased me down that night. And basically, and none of them knew me, basically said, I can't believe I've never thought about this. And I said, wow, if the top fund managers and corporate executives in New York aren't thinking of it, then the average American isn't thinking about it. No wonder we're not getting much done. And that's really where Working Nation began. And you invested in online education early and recognized that technology was going to change the employment game pretty early on. So, so have these predictions come to pass and has anything surprised you? Um, well, I clearly wasn't factoring in a virus. So I will say as a, as a dean at uh, NYU said to me uh, about a month ago, uh, she said, Art, when you spoke here at NYU, and I think it was September I spoke there, you opened your you know, presentation by saying, in the next 10, 15, 20 years, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was talking about structural unemployment, you know, evolving over a 10, 15, 20 year period of time. Uh, she said to me, Art, you now have to chop 10 years off that courtesy of this virus. And I do agree with her. This has accelerated the issues of employment uh, and the skills gap very, very dramatically. Uh, and yes, there are you know, plenty of people who go back to work uh, at jobs that they had before. But I believe that there are many companies or not-for-profits or academic entities, local government, who might have been slow to let workers go uh, before the virus because of, you know, either because they'd been with them 10, 15, 20 years, or they weren't ready to make decisions on technology. I believe a lot of those decisions are being made now, and we are going to see a significant acceleration uh, of the um, skills gap and uh, unemployment rates in this country. So how are people supposed to make sense of this? Because I think people are trying to look at this and say, what, what, are, my, what are my chances and, and how is this impacting me? But it almost feels like, like that, that is less relevant than kind of what you focus on, which is where will the jobs be post-COVID and then where will the jobs be in the next five to 10 years and what skills do you need to get there? And what you just described is the whole purpose of Working Nation and why I set it up. Um, <clears throat> so as I realized that there was so little understanding out there amongst even fairly sophisticated minds, uh, and what happened at that Larry Summers dinner happened several more times over the next couple of months when I'd speak, including when I spoke at the University of Chicago at one point, um, I... What I really began doing was crisscrossing the country, trying to understand, am I right about this, and meeting with experts uh, in different fields. And then what I also began discovering is there were a lot of solutions that were being worked on with regard to employment 
some done by companies, others by not-for-profits, others by academic uh, uh, entities, other by local government. And it was quite interesting to discover a lot of these, but they had no visibility. And so that's what really gave me the idea of creating this not-for-profit media enterprise to basically educate the people of this nation as to, yes, the issue, but the central mission of Working Nation is to uh, highlight uh, and educate the nation as to where the jobs of the future will be and the mitigating strategies and solutions. Um, and there is so much going on out there. Now, I will say as, as a result of the virus, things may have slowed up a bit, but there's a tremendous amount going on. So I'm reasonably actually optimistic from an employment standpoint, provided the people of this nation know where the jobs of the future will be and how they might get uh, properly trained for them. Yes, and I want to talk about that. But hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dr. Don on Careers on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if you want to stay up to date on the latest career and job search news, tips, and advice, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. Today, we're very fortunate to be speaking with the founder and CEO of Working Nation, Art Bilger. So Art, let's talk about this. Let's talk about where the jobs are going to be and what skills people need to really be thinking about developing right now. Mm-hmm. Well, there's clearly uh, there's a wide, wide range. Uh, and we at Working Nation, if anyone goes, People should check out our website, and there's all kinds of uh, video stories as well as other media strategies that will can educate you as to uh, a lot of where the jobs are and, and organizations that you can align yourself with uh, and get trained for them. Um, you know, one of the examples I began using very early on is the, driver, the driverless vehicle. Um, I don't know if it's five years, 10 years, 15 years, but the driving for a living is, I think, the number one job in 30 states in this nation. And it's a middle-class job. And in the next five, 10, 15 years, many of those jobs are going to disappear. Uh, you hear a lot of that, you know, going on in the news and all, um, And those are, as I said, middle-class jobs. Well, interestingly, uh, the headline today that came out of the uh, federal government about the possibility of creating an infrastructure uh, component to the funding to try to uh, impact employment in this country as a result of the virus, that was exactly the idea that I was thinking about for all of these drivers that were going to lose their job, they could be, I really believe, they could be trained into the infrastructure jobs uh, in this country. Now, obviously, the virus has accelerated all now, but I, that was an answer that I had that I've used you know, other times when I spoke before the virus. Anyway, an, another example that I use, and it's one that I'm deeply involved in uh, and because of the Wharton School, um, I always talk about how a marketing department of 10 will become a marketing department of two because of data and analytics. And those eight jobs d- disappear 
will be terrific white collar, middle class and upper middle class jobs throughout this country, um, which is you know, terrible. But I actually believe data and analytics may be the fastest growing job area in this country uh, as a result of I, I really believe within the next five to 10 years, there won't be an aspect of business, government, or the not-for-profit world that isn't driven by data and analytics. And today we literally have a, a massive vacuum of people with the capabilities to fill those jobs. One of the things that I did with the Wharton School, I was the founding funder of the entire data and analytics program at the Wharton School. And this dated back to two, July of 2008, we launched it. I was already deep into understanding the issue of data and analytics as a result of my various experiences in uh, business, the, the investment world, as well as the media world, as well as the technology world. And uh, so we launched the uh, data and analytics program there. We finally created a major at Wharton in uh, September of 16. And it is one of the most popular, it's probably, it's a major, I'm told, it's nearly as popular, as popular as uh, finance at the Wharton School at this point. Now, data and analytics doesn't, you don't have to be an MIT data scientist or a data uh, or a Wharton grad to be the beneficiary. When we did a town hall event with the Wharton School in Philadelphia, we did this in February, of 2019, and you can find that on the Working Nation website. We did a whole town hall event that we filmed uh, on data and analytics jobs. And on our panels, yes, we had the chief technology officer of uh, Morgan Stanley and the head of data analytics at Comcast and uh, the CEO of the University of Pennsylvania Healthcare System and a couple others. But on our second panel, our education panel, Yes, we had the fellow who runs data analytics at the Wharton School, but we also had the president of a community college system. We also had a woman out of the Philadelphia high school system. There's a broad spectrum of jobs in data analytics available to, you know, as I say, not just the MIT data scientists or the Wharton grad. Yeah, and I think one of the things of beauty today, Art, is that you can learn a lot of these skills online you could take certifications online and i think you know everybody has their own way of getting educated but there's so many more opportunities and to your point everything has basically been been increased in speed so everything's happening now and i think if we were able to put our head in the sand before the pandemic what i'm hearing from you and seeing in in experience is that that's no longer the case things have completely been been you know changes skyrocketed in terms of pace and we all need to be getting ahead of the skills that we're going to need to be able to be employable and marketable in this new economy so i want to thank you so much of course we we could continue to talk about this for so much longer so please art tell people where they can find out more about you and working nation and the amazing work you're doing yeah, um, the Working Nation website is workingnation.com, and don't let .com fool you. <laughs> it is it is a not-for-profit effort. Uh, I think .org wasn't available or something at the time when we first started. We are actually in the process of switching it over now, but right now, current website 
is workingnation.com. Uh, um, and you can, uh, one, you can see and search around for all of our content. You'll also notice we have pulled together, you take a look at our executive committee and our advisory board, a, a very, very interesting array of experts that have you know, joined up with us. Uh, and you might find some of them you know, quite interesting. Um, I can be, uh, you can send, you can reach me at uh, email workingnation, uh, you know, abilger at workingnation.com. Uh, so that's one of my uh, addresses. So I'm happy to, if you want to reach out, that's fine. Um, you have to, you do have to understand it's quick for me to reply to all emails in the same day. This has become quite a busy, <laughs> busy stretch. Yes, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Please everyone check out Working Nation and all the great work they're doing. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 